Um, hello and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. This is uh, episode four um, and I am joined by uh, JB Little or better known as uh, Drop the Die. Thank you. Thank Hi. you so much for joining me. Yeah, you're very welcome. This is, uh, yeah, this, this has been good. I must have, uh, I had a bit of a, um, a, I, for a second I was worried about getting guests on uh, because last week I had two interviews planned for a day um, and through no fault of their own, they both had to cancel. So I was like, oh no, have, have, has I, I said something publicly by accident that people are just like, no, we can't meet with this guy anymore. Mm -hmm. No, clearly, I, life, I, life is tumultuous at best. Yeah, no, so that's course. pretty much all it is. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I suppose I suppose we we might as well just sort of dive dive straight into it. Um, for people who don't necessarily know, um, what what are the sort of products you're sort of best known for? Um, I mean that's that's such a loaded question. No, I know. I, just, I don't. I don't know how people know me. But, okay. Uh, how what, would you? What people have said. What people mm -hmm. have said about my products and what they really enjoy the most about them and what I've kind of gravitated towards since I started doing all this is giving DMs a toolkit, mm -hmm. a little improvisational springboard for ideas, right? So in every publication that I've done, I try to tie in little details that might spark people's creativity more than giving them a huge outline to follow to tell a story. Like, uh, an, uh, like an NPC's introduction might yeah. be more for that NPC than any description that you could give them, you know? Because I must admit, so prior, prior to this interview and stuff like that, I was looking through um, essentially your, your catalogue or a collection of, of sort of, um, I don't know, it's, it's a catalogue, yeah, catalogue sounds the most professional, yeah. I think. Sure. Um, <laughs> you, you've got like a, a sort of incredible range of differing products between like, you know, the uh, tabs and tap rooms, obviously the character introductions, um, you've also done a fair bit of sort of like, I, I don't know what to call the sort of the character sheet stuff, the sort of, yeah, um, yeah. it's almost yeah, like, um, aspect. yeah, or like graphic design or those sort of, um, so I, so I'm, I'm curious, what, what was, what was the first product you pushed on DMs Guild? The very first product that I ever released yeah. was the bag of holding inventory sheet. Uh, because I gave my players a bag of holding at yeah. one point in our own campaign. And they were writing down everything they got on notebook paper and starting to lose track of stuff. And they weren't sure how much it could hold. And they kept having to look up the rules. So I just put it all on one big sheet <laughs> and handed it to them. I'm like, if you want to put it on your computer, I made it plumb fillable here. Like, oh, this is so great. And then I put yeah. it up on the Teams Guild for like 30 cents or something like that. <laughs> and people started really buying it. Uh, and it made me reevaluate, like, is this actually worth money worth people's time yeah and i think i still have it on there for less than two dollars I, I can't be sure but you know that's been my first gold best seller it was the thing well, that really hooked me into doing all this but so. but in fairness it's, it's it's such it's such a simple concept and it's the case of like this I, I imagine for at least some of these uh like um inventory sheets or character sheets for like um hunt like uh the ranger I imagine it probably came from a necessity in your sort of DM group and you thought yes. one or two other people may find this useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that was the thought is mm -hmm. one or two more people might and then it's thousands of downloads later. I'm like, well, maybe people actually <laughs> really need this. Not everybody's going to spend four hours of their week, you know, making this thing. They're not going to have the PDF editor. They're not going to know how to do it. You know? Yeah. I must admit, I think I, I've very, I've, I've thought often is the idea of like a oh, bag of holding. Yeah, you can throw anything in there. Just, just, just load it up. Yeah, no. Well, the suit of armor, that, that, that the bag. 
yeah, it's it's way less about enforcing rules and more enabling if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Because, like, me as a player, I love to keep track of every little thing so that 25 sessions later I can be like, do you remember that piece of glass that I kept? Use <laughs> it to do this yeah. thing, you know? The sort of the, 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 the rather than having the uh, was it the realistic thirty minutes of rum, rummaging through the bag, going what have we got in here again? Uh, the old shoe that talks, you know, or, or whatever it is. If you can't remember exactly, what <laughs> yeah. you have to turn it inside out to look. Oh come on! <laughs> so, so I'm curious. So when when exactly did you make the sort of uh, I guess transition from um, these the sort of like uh, player assisting tools to DM assisted tools? Or, you know, uh, so the, the greetings, the... Um... Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I, I made that stuff in the very beginning for the DMs. To yeah. Keep them from getting headaches. Uh, yeah. Because right? it's like, if the player doesn't know what's on their character sheet, or they don't know what's in their bag of holding, that falls back on the DM more often uh, than it does on the player. Right? Yeah. So it, it wasn't a hard transition to split it into player and dm mm -hmm. both get use out of it you know but as i was doing this campaign we played a curse of strahd campaign for a little over a year and then we transitioned straight into storm king's thunder and some other stuff that i wrote on my own and we ended up wrapping it up only when i moved like mm -hmm. we played for almost four years i think Jeez. so every time that i had these little sparky ideas that my players who were all english majors and graduate level literary critics you know anytime i had an idea that kind of sparked them into something creative i thought no i need to write this down for something yeah. because when you when you have an npc walk up to a character for instance and say hail well met that's you know just a throwaway hello in fantasy yeah. terms <laughs> but if they walk up and say i would give you a gold just to hear you speak like that gives you a different impression of who this npc is it's very it's, without, it's, yeah i got i got i got tingles <laughs> <laughs> without without taking up a whole bunch of real estate like there's not a lot to manage there it's just what do you think this npc is like based on this one line that they said to introduce themselves you know no i that's 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 awesome i i think as well it's like i i think i mentioned one of my favorite things to sort of anytime i come to write a product any opportunity i get to write in the voice of a character or to sort of give quotes or anything to that extent i always i always there's there's a sort of soft spot for me that it's sort of always always enjoys those moments character um, voice is great even as yeah. a dm like yeah. having the chance to write it out oh it's so yeah. good so I'm, I'm curious then. So, uh, is 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 the, your creative process behind things? Do are ninety percent of them? Do they stem from playing, like uh, with like in your campaign, or do you have other ones that sort of like where where where, yeah, where do you get your ideas? Is the sort of the crux of the question. Yeah, I think that finding an idea that I can build something with is ninety five percent of the work. To be honest. <laughs> Because you have so many thousands and thousands of little ideas of stuff that would, oh, that could be cool. But like, are people going to get use out of this? Is it going to yeah. be worth my time? Are people willing to pay for this? Because, you know, I love making stuff for free, but also I do love having lights. <laughs> so yeah. you got to kind of yeah. balance things out there. Uh, I think a lot of it is just listening to players, uh, my own or other people's. Mm -hmm. So 
even when I'm listening to podcasts like the Venture Mavens podcast, yeah. one of the things that sparked up a lot was that they weren't really sure how their magic items worked. Uh, and early on, like I didn't know Celeste or Sage or any of them, but when I thought about that, I'm like, I bet you my own players have that kind of struggle. And that's when I started doing Magic Item Monday, like single sheet magic items. And I would just give the players the sheet with the magic item on it and like all the charges written out so they could check them off when they yeah. use them. Any little rules they need to know about the magic item. And, you know, even if they didn't need it at all, the fact that they had it and could look back at it made my life easier. So just listening to other players and bouncing those ideas around in my head, like how can I help a DM tell a better story from this problem? I think I think one of the things I find as a as a DM is is how invaluable having a a, a player group is that is sort of uh, accommodating to the occasional, you know, uh, oh you guys are you, like in in a sort of tra more traditional setting, saying oh on this road you happen to cross, you know, you introduce them to your content, you get almost like free play testing. Um, yeah. But no, that, that, that's that's amazing to sort of like you look at particular like needs of um, I guess it's sort of like um, podcast plays and and to sort of think well I'm, this is this is where else things can sort of be applicable. Um, how does how, how what about when it comes to necessarily so moving to more towards the sort of um, uh, your taverns tap rooms uh, those sort of products and stuff like that? Just because I imagine those those are I, I imagine. I don't want to call them like a, a more creative endeavor. I mean, like, um, I'm trying to think a of a whole lot more work. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that for one, yeah. I'm a <laughs> completely abysmal more amount of work. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When it came to taverns, inns, and tap rooms, I do not drink. I don't <laughs> go. I don't go to pubs. I don't go to bars or anything like that. So, really, I was like, why? Why in the hell am I actually doing this at one point? So that's why it took me six months to actually do, is I had to learn all about how people made wine, how mead was different from this other thing. Like, is there a difference between whiskey and bourbon? There's not. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. So, so, you, so you, you dive deep. Yes. Yeah. Like, everything in there is as researched academically from, yeah. you know, my, my BA in <laughs> lit. It is academically as accurate as I can make it for all intents and purposes. And I've plugged a couple people who are in the brewing aspect of things just for those alcohols. I'm like, tell me if I'm full of shit. <laughs> Does yeah. this work? Uh, but, you know, I was like, I don't know any of this. Boy, would it be helpful <laughs> if I just had a PDF that had it all already done. So then I just made that PDF for everybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I expected it to sell a couple of copies. I didn't think that it hit, you know, platinum. It's on its way to mithril. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I must admit, I, 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 I tend to look at, was it copper? And then it's like silver. And then I haven't looked for that far further down the metal line <laughs> just yet. Just because like, that's, 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 that's the dragons, you know, holding things problems. I'm, yes. I'm counting my pennies at the moment. Um, but no, honestly, what is it? So both the um, original the taverns, inns, and tap rooms, and then also the uh, in hell version. Did you find like when you sort of came out to the sequel, was that an easier process because you'd already uh, gone through one, or was it decidedly easier? Yeah. Far, 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 far easier. About oh. six months easier. Wow. Uh, for that second well, version. So, so the first one took six months. The second one took like how long? Three how days. like three days? Wow. 30. 30. Oh, oh, I see. Start okay. to finish, it took yeah. 30 days, uh, and that's 
you know, setting up the idea, writing mm-hmm. it all out, editing, proofing, re-editing, adding in guest writers, layout, cover, yeah, you know, everything. 30 days was the turnaround on that. So Which, though it sold fewer copies, it was substantially easier yeah. to actually produce and manage. That's that's that that is quite an impressive turnaround for like a theme school product. I think, uh, like I think, with the larger collaborations, you sort of see that sort of exponentially increases the time. You can sometimes be sitting on something for like a, a year and a half. Mm. Um, so, so I'm curious then, between everything you sort of done, um, when it comes to starting a project, what is your favorite part? I think that my favorite part is about the halfway point when okay. I've already had the idea and I've started to develop it, right? And then I'll just start sharing little screenshots, low resolution, there's still red squiggly lines under everything, yeah. you know? I'm like, what do you think of this idea? What do you think about this dragonborn being in love with a cat? Like, you know, <laughs> just whatever. Yeah. And having people soundboard and tell me that that's exciting for them that they like that that there's a problem i hadn't noticed you know little things like that having people engage with something when it's not done is Mm -hmm. the best for me it shows like that you have good bones to what you're creating and it's not just the prim and the polish that sells it but the people are excited about what you're actually writing like the idea that you had and so I imagine, are you quite, um, so do you, do you sort of like throw, throw these sort of ideas out on Twitter or do you have like, where, where do you seek your feedback? Like uh, A lot of it goes to my patrons on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that they realize that because <laughs> <laughs> Patreon's a very quiet system unless, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing adult photography and stuff like that where people yeah. give huge amounts of feedback. But uh, I, I plug my patrons all the time with questions and comments. I ask them about my book covers, how they could be better, can everyone read it, mm-hmm. things like that. But I also have my old players, again, who are all yeah. literary, you know, graduate students, and new friends that I have on Twitter. And I get different feedback from all three groups. Mm-hmm. And I take all the feedback, put it together, and I take the average. That way it's not too complex for people. It's not too lowbrow for people. It's easily accessible. You know, I just feel that that kind of works best. No, it's, it sounds like you've definitely got like a, 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 your process definitely reaches that sort of happy medium. And I think it's easy happy when you come to- medium is exactly yeah. what I'm shooting for, yeah. I, I think as well, it's, it's easy as a creator to sort of be scared to get feedback. And while there are, while there are some really good sort of communities out there and stuff like that, I think the, the, the idea that uh, I would take something that is uh, like a, a half-baked idea and, and throw it on Twitter. I, at the moment, that that that's that's that 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 seems like oh no, that's that's where it goes to die. I put it out here, it gets three like two likes, three comments, two of which are like why. Um. I mean, that still happens to me. I'll share a story or a little magic item like the dress with pockets or something <laughs> like that, Cute. and it'll it'll blow up. Uh, yeah. I did the little D and D story about a magic item that I gave my characters forever and ever ago. And it got like 1.9 million impressions or something like in two days. Uh, and there was still like half and half people were like, this is so great. And other people like, this is trash, trash GM, <laughs> terrible, terrible job, dumb. I hate it. Why didn't they there's, just do this? There's always going to be curmudgeons though. And exactly. I, I must admit, I think, I think it, it's, it's, 
is sometimes it's it's the thing where a negative comment can feel like the weight of 10 but i think i'm fortunate enough to be in the mindset that a positive comment's like the weight of 20. like sometimes just to hear that sort of like one person be like hey that's that's pretty cool i'm like thank you this this uh i like you <laughs> what uh what really makes me trust twitter is mm. that i know who my friends on twitter are the people okay. that i talk to outside yeah. of twitter you know so the fact that a stranger would see it and be like, this is cool. Like, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You're not just saying that to be nice? Yeah, you have no reason to be nice to me. You could be saying exactly. anything, but yeah. You could be horrible and there's nothing I could do, <laughs> but you said something nice. No, no I, I, I must admit, I think um, the, there's, I, I was about, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it. It's, I think there are definitely some really nice pockets of the tabletop community, especially on Twitter. Um, and and I think it, it's it, it's it's nice to sort of get involved and sort of surround yourself and see the sort of um, com I guess yeah camaraderie is everyone sort of like bringing 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 everyone up uh, paying forward and all that. Um, now with that little bit of positivity aside, when it comes to a project, what, what's the sort of um, the what, what, what sort of do you drag your feet about? What's the sort of like um, project that sometimes sort of causes a little bit of anguish? <laughs> uh. It has been ubiquitous since the very start that my least favorite part of any publication is dealing with the cover. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Because I can be so proud of this thing that I've created. And if it doesn't have a clickable cover, I may as well just throw it straight into the trash. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll sell, you know, 30 copies at most over the first several months until someone, you know, picks it up and reads it. Yeah. So if, if you don't get lucky and have one of your peers who's very respected, a reviewer, or mm -hmm. some like tabletop news network pick it up and say, hey, you should pay attention to this despite the cover, it's really good. Or if you're working with a publisher that's had years and years and years and years of experience to build up that kind of thing, they can just give you a leather cover with gold letters that says magic. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta buy this magic book yeah but small creators it's like you didn't spend 350 dollars on that cover <laughs> i don't care yeah and that uh it disheartens me so much i, th I think it is interesting to see as well the um i guess the the the, the, the because of the m school it does offer the comparison between like um creators um content and then also the uh adventurers league which, which I mean, like, uh, there's nothing wrong with the eventually cover, but it's the most minimalist, <laughs> like, and the sort of the the sort of hoops, um, sort of standard creators have to get through. It's um, hard because uh, I know that you've kind of experienced this, seen this, and felt it. Mm -hmm. There's been this push towards quality, without any push towards paying more. <laughs> so we're still getting, on average, eight to ten cents per page for the work that we're doing but people are expecting better art. They're expecting more layout. They're expecting texture on every page, mm -hmm. no editing problems, marketing covers, and we're still making $3 per sale. And there's thousands and thousands of other people now mm -hmm. kind of fighting for that same position as you. It, it can be pretty daunting. Um, I, I, think, I, think, I think this is why when it comes to sometimes um, name value, uh, does hold a fair fair bit, and I think it is the case that that you know in before and stuff like that, with my first product, which was you know the, the classic solo adventure wing, I could just you know put something out there. Um, I learned a lot, and with each, I imagine the same as well. With each product, you learn more, 
Um, and it builds, it does build your catalog. I mean, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I can look at everything you've released and I'm like, oh wow, there's, there's a clear sort of like, you have a brand, um, at least with these sort of like purpley pinky slop splotch. That I could really do. Um, take my logo colors and slap them on there. But but that's what I mean. And and then obviously with with uh, some of the other products in fire, you have the sort of the the, the eye catching art. And I think I I, th I think as well, it, it's it's it, it almost feels like you're pinched at two ends because one, uh, you're pinched in trying to get you know uh, the money uh, or like. Um, uh, get the attention of the products you deserved, but then also you don't want to like you know commission an artist and not pay them, you know the, the right amount. The, the, exactly. the, and it's yeah, uh, so it's like okay, well I can I, I can pay less, and then you know you want to value their time and not sort of waste anyone around. Um, but I don't know. I, I think a lot of I don't know. I, mean, I was just going to say uh, this is a huge tip for people out there. A lot of commissioning artists for cheaper. And artists have to eat too, so don't expect to get any cheaper than their rates, first off. But the longer you give them and the more you talk with them about the project before they do any work, the more likely they're going to be to help you out and mm -hmm. find something that works inside your budget. You know, mm -hmm. I gave Allie on the first Taverns, Inns, and Tap Rooms, I think I gave her four months to do that cover like i gave her an exceptionally long time whenever she needed it i yeah. gave her just a little outline i'm like you have creative freedom i'll pay you half up front so you know we brought we brought it down from like a 400 dollars cover to like a 200 dollars cover. yeah just because i was making her life so much easier and i i think it is it's, it's eventually something you build up that rapport with and stuff like that. And I think it's it's the, the the sort of initial negotiation is just making sure that neither person's trying to I don't know get one over the other. It's it's what you want it to be is yeah. both people are on the same page um, and want to try to put the their best foot forward. Um, exactly. Oh, yeah, I think it's it's and, and like I said, I think I I I've, I've I've been fortunate and stuff. Like that. I've been able to work, sort of work with some some cool artists, and I've got some cool people I'm working with in the future. Um, and yeah, it's it's. I'm, I look. What, what I know as well is when you have the sort of first first success, it means approaching them in the future gets that much sort of easier. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're like, oh, he he didn't stiff me. Yeah. <laughs> he, he paid me like ten minutes after yeah. I told him I needed the money. Okay. I don't have to. I didn't have to break his kneecaps. This is this is wonderful. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? Moving on, like in terms of like the questions, um, what what's like one of the sort of core lessons that you kind of wish you knew a little bit earlier into sort of your creative career, at least on the on the DM skill? So we talked a little bit about kind of our first products. Mm -hmm. Really, you cannot just make those and then leave them alone. You have to keep stirring them up and you know telling people, hey. It's been 12 months since I released this. Yeah. One year anniversary. Here's my <laughs> here's yeah. my bag of folding sheet for half off. You know, getting people interested in your backlog, your back catalog, mm -hmm. things that you've made, will make future products easier for you to do. Because as soon as they see your new your new stuff, and they've already had your old stuff, they're going to be yeah. more excited about the new thing. So if it's just constantly new announcements new things, new things, new things, and you never talk about your back catalog, mm -hmm. you're missing out on a huge swath of people. Because I think 
probably nine tenths of everything I've ever released was only on that front page for a day, maybe yeah. a day and a half, unless it hit like, you know, number one and stayed there for six yeah. weeks, you know? So chances are you're, you're going to miss out on three fourths of the people that want to buy that product. If you only push it three or four times when it's first released, you really need to come back and tell people, Hey, look at this thing I made. It might be mm. interesting to you. So, so I guess this is more like a sort of social media or like marketing question, but how, how do you get the sort of like balance on your social media between not being a constant barrage of, Hey, you should buy my stuff. Is, is it just more like the way you use the platform or like, I'm curious about how that side. Yeah. I mean, it, it's something to really think about that. I did not make my Twitter really to sell people on anything. I started mm -hmm. doing reviews before I made anything for DMs Guild. Yeah. Uh, and those were free. No one ever paid me for them. I didn't pay for people to read the reviews. Mm -hmm. It's just these companies were like, hey, we made a really cool dice box. We want you to check it out. I'm like, cool, I'll give you my honest opinion. Yeah. So I wanted to grow a community of people who weren't absolute monsters and <laughs> terrible people. Yep. And when you do that, people tend to gravitate towards you as something of a safe space. Uh, you know, I'm not going to have somebody say some bigoted comment to one of my followers on my Twitter without getting eviscerated. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just, well, I mean, that's how it should be, you know? And so I think that nobody, nobody blames you for trying to hustle, uh, trying mm -hmm. to do this thing. You made this thing, you would like them to check it out. But I think a big part of it is not having that be all they know about you. People know that I like to cook and they know yeah. that I'm very anxious and I have a lot of social anxiety and stuff like that that I struggle with just like they do. And they know that I love to wash my pillowcases every single week on Friday. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I say I wrote this thing, check it out, you know, I'm not trying to sell them on it. I'm telling them it's there. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing on Facebook you're just going to have to throw it out there. And you're never, you're never going to build a community on Facebook. You're yeah. never going to be part of anything that's comfortable and fun. Just throw it out there <laughs> so just, that people just... see it. <laughs> that's been my experience anyway yeah. over the past three years is, you know, Facebook's kind of an echo chamber of people that feel a little more entitled uh, mm -hmm. than Twitter usually does. Twitter is more more aimed towards artists and creatives i think yeah. a lot of them are like i want people to listen when i post something i did mm -hmm. i'll listen when he posts something that he did no i must admit i think what the when it comes back to sort of um i guess promoting sort of older, older content that's why i i do like the sort of middle system because sometimes you do have the sort of like it is it, it can be a slow burn but when when something's sitting at around about like 47 and you're just like, soon I can, I can make a post about this. Either you make the post, which is like, oh, it's one sail away, or it's, oh, it's just gone copper. Um, uh, those, it's a great, it is a great icebreaker for sure. Yeah. Whenever you're like, I only need two for you know, yeah. silver. Oh, it's been nine months since I released this. I've sold <laughs> 10 copies. I'd love yeah. to get to copper. Yeah. But uh, in fact, I, I think it is, it's interesting to sort of see, um, at least like when, when speaking to some other horses, the fire, when they hit that sort of tipping point when they're no longer sort of chasing metals anymore. Um, just because at that point, you know, they they have a huge catalog, they have other sort of things. I, I'm curious, do you, do you think you've, you've sort of, do you still get the same sort of satisfaction from ticking over each sort of metals or do you sort oh, of? God, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Every it's day. a mad rush. I check it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I have a list of what my sales were for each month 
so that I can look more easily at how things are doing. Uh, because I'm one of those people that would chase the higher number in video games. Yeah. And it kind of hits that same pleasure center in my brain, seeing, you know, something moving up towards the next, you know, goalpost. That's just always been interesting to me. Yeah. And I have had, oh God, what's a good way to phrase this? I've had a lot of success in Dean's Guild thus far. I am writing, you know, D&D content full time and that's, mind-blowing yeah but i don't i don't merit how good something is based off of uh the medals that it's won mm -hmm. but they excite me for my stuff yeah that makes it i mean it, it, it's i think just, it is it, it's very different to sort of see a product that is is very well crafted but then it's the medals in your product and stuff like that you know yes, it's yeah it's, exactly because i'm like i'm just as excited for a product that has no medals as i am for something that's platinum sometimes <laughs> But for my own stuff, the fact that I can see it's won a medal that only 0.1% yeah. of everything on the guild has done, like, that's I mean, it is, it's good I to think reassure it is, myself. It is still baffling to see the percentage of uh, products that have copper. I think it, it is still like, it's still like a, a small percent, oh, and yeah. which I, I think, well, I mean, if you look at like the new products every day, I think it, it gets pushed. So I, it's not too surprising. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm curious as well. So uh, what was it? So um, JVC Parry, who read as one first guest and stuff like that, he had literally only just recently made the transition from you know writing DM D uh, D content full time. Uh, how long ago did you did you make that transition? And was it a particularly easy one for you? Or um, let's see, it was yeah, it was August of 2018. Um, mm -hmm. I was living in Mississippi. Nice. And I was working a full-time job, and the job allowed me to listen to about 12 hours of podcasts. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that was great. But a lot of things happened all at once. Um, my landlady told me that my rent was going to be going up 80%. My boss told me that the store was closing at the end of the month. Jeez. Like, a whole lot of stuff, life-changing stuff happened all at once. And uh, I reached out to the community, and I was like, hey, what do I do? <laughs> do I just try to stay here and get a job? Do I move? Uh, and the community ended up, you know, raising almost $3,000 for me to move out to Las Vegas and live with my best friend, Brandon, for a little while. And when I moved here, you know, I didn't have a license for here. I didn't have my car smog, you know, like I was just living on borrowed time and I was trying to get a job like mad, but I couldn't find one. And then I realized as I was spending all of my extra free time making D&D content, that I was making more than I did at the job I had in Mississippi already. Mm -hmm. And it had only been like two months. Uh, by October, I was making way more than I did at my previous job for the amount of effort it took at the very least. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I came to Brandon and his wife, Phoenix, uh, who, I were, who I was living with at the time. I'm like, do I try this? Do I just give this a shot? Yeah. They're like, I don't see why not. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you just go to an unemployment office, you know? Yeah. I'm like, All right, you know, I'll try it. Uh, and ever since then, you know, it's it's been paying the bills. It was not easy at first, mm -hmm. and it's not easy right now uh, because my living situation has changed. Rent's gone up. Yeah. You know, a lot of expenses, kind of thing. But I have this huge supportive community now and all these patrons and people who are interested in my products. 
And I think that if I just continue to plug away at it and it keeps growing, then, mm -hmm. you know, I'll be perfectly fine. If it doesn't, just pull a ripcord, you know? Yeah. Taking a step back does not mean that you failed in this endeavor. It just means you've had to take a step back. I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's the kind of case of, you know, you have to, you have to shoot your shot. You have to, you have to, you have to go for it and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, Dan, that's, 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 oh, that's, that's, that's an awesome story. I'm, I'm glad, you know, you've, you've been in a sort of situation where you, you can, can try this sort of thing. I think, I imagine exactly. it's... I feel, I feel super lucky that I had the situation come up where I really didn't have a choice but to yeah. try it. <laughs> and it worked out, you know. Nice. But I don't, everyone who's ever talked to me about it, and like, how did you do this full time? I'm like, man, I just stopped spending money. Yeah. <laughs> I just kept making D&D stuff. Yeah. Every time I had an idea, I just churned out something, released it, and asked people what they wanted me to do. And, you know, just got to kind of try it. Yeah. I think what I'm loving about this, this podcast is not, not for anyone listening. It's more for me. I'm having, I'm having a lot of fun with this. <laughs> and if people haven't watched, that's, that's great. But I'm, I'm having fun regardless. So now that, now that you, you sort of like, um, sort of, you know, dedicating to full time, um, the sort of projects you're sort of picking up and sort of choosing to do, do you still have a sort of like dream project or something that's sort of like, you know, a, that you know at the end of the day this if, if i can do this i'm ah oh. or is it the sort of you taking project by, yeah project by project uh right now i'm taking whatever project comes up mm -hmm. and i think that i think that if we talk about that you'll you'll understand but um yeah. really the dream for me i love dnd 5e don't get me wrong i really 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 do right and i've made a career off of it i've <laughs> played Hundreds of hours. Of it. Here comes a butt. I'm prepared. But <laughs> it is so difficult to balance the game for tension's sake outside of like story beats your characters have no control over. Uh, it like once they hit level 10, your PCs can overthrow kingdoms in like an afternoon yeah it's, it's, it's hard they can to kill teleport him. into the throne room kill the king <laughs> take his place wipe everyone's mind blow up the castle <laughs> it's like it's an action to destroy a city at level 15 you know what yeah. I mean? so i think that a dream project for me would be to dig back down into my grim dark fantasy roots mm -hmm. and do like a darkest dungeon style D uh. 5e hack something where madness and valor kind of come into play and uh it's deadly but it it feels interesting and evolved it's not yeah. just a lot of damage and you get constantly murdered and make new characters the meat grinder feel mm -hmm. it's, it's the of sort a, of the the slow deterioration or the yes, sort of you know the, yes. the fatigue of what going through an adventure of, yes, yeah yeah the fatigue of surviving the yeah. world around you in 5e would be so cool to me i, I must say the darkest that would be like my, yeah, that would be like my dream project would be actual CD Project Red coming <laughs> and saying, I want you to make a D&D hack for us. That yeah. would be, ugh. Oh. Well, here you go. You've, 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 you've claimed it now. So now, now the trajectory will just sort of, you know, it'll just work oh, itself out. Man. It would be so good. I think as well, what I liked about uh, Darkest Dungeon is, is the writing of that game. Just the narrator and his voice. Oh, it's so smooth. It's Everything in the game drives a singular purpose mm -hmm. and i think that's why i love it so much is that's how i make my pdfs too like i'll think 
I want this PDF to show people how to run taverns and give them everything they need to do. And then every single thing I write in that PDF will be about that one sentence. Yeah. You know? And you know, Darkest Dungeon is, I want them to feel threatened. <laughs> everything about the game makes you feel threatened. Oh, you have the best item in the game. It gives you plus two. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing. Come yeah. on. Oh, I, no, I, 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 do, I do like that. And I think it's, it's, it's lovely to sort of see the, the products that are sourced. Are, are such such well rounded because they stick to the core of what the product is. Mm-hmm. Um, probably something I should I should give that a go. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I might like like that sort of a DMs Guild production. Um, so get, sort of, it seems like you you've sort of gained so much from um, being uh, engaged in the community um, and sort of like you know uh, being involved, getting in contact with them. Uh, sometimes them coming out to sort of support you. Um, who, who's out there in the sort of community that sort of inspires you? Or you always go, damn. Uh, and you don't feel like you have to narrow it down to one person? I mean, it, Well, I mean, the thing is, right, is there's so many different aspects in the community. There's the podcasters, the mm-hmm. live streamers, the producers, the writers, directors, editors, artists. But overall, MVP, mm-hmm. <laughs> in my opinion, would be Lisa Penrose. Uh, Everybody knows Lisa. She's so fantastic. I love her to death on a personal level, on a friendship level, but also professionally. She has done all of it. Mm -hmm. She's been on streams. She's been on podcasts. She's done her own art, written her own modules. She started out on DMs Guild, worked for DMs Guild, and now she has an office at Wizards of the Coast doing both. She's done literally everything, and she's never had any big stir up. She's always just been she's always been excited more about the prospect of dragging people up Mm -hmm. pulling people with her to success and seeing their ideas you know blossom and come to life than she has with success from a business standpoint and it shows and people gravitate towards that and she's been incredibly successful mm-hmm. in everything that she's really tried to tackle I, th- I think as well it, it's clear to see that like you know i it's it, it i would be hard pressed to say that dm's gold would be the same without her contribution from the get-go it would be far lesser than it is today yeah. without her contributions for sure yeah i think i'm i'm still i'm still giddy anytime i get an email i'll <laughs> actually tell like so my my I, 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 I'm gonna admit this. My first uh, ever sort of um, DMs Guild product. I did the uh, I did the faux pas of um, not forgetting to put a DMs Guild logo on my cover, um, and the, the sort of the first email I got was like, "Hey, you need to put you need to put like a, a logo on your cover," and I'm be like, "Oh no, this is this I'm ruined. I've literally and I put my first foot out the door was into like a, a bear trap." <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but it was it was such a, a sort of politely worded email. Um, and I, I, made, well, I, <laughs> I think I may have been on the guild a little bit before you, uh, yeah. because my first products had the same problem. Uh, because oh, I, I'm so I'm so glad I'm not alone. They had just released <laughs> that like you have to have the logo on all of your covers thing, and I didn't know it. So I'd already had a couple releases, no problems, and I did a new release, 
and uh, Lisa was not the person that emailed me. And he was horrible. He locked my account. Like, really? he didn't publish anything until I fixed it. He took it off. Jeez. I made no money for, like, the first week. He took it off the little, like, board. Yeah. I was like, oh, great. This, <laughs> I may as wow. well have not made this. <laughs> Welcome to DMs Guild. <laughs> yeah. So then the next time when it happened and Lisa was like, hello, uh, I was just saying, I'm like, oh, my God, I love you so much. <laughs> So actually, I have something. This is like a, a I guess, like a, a selfish question of mine. But you, you are actually on the uh, DMs Guild uh, design dash. Yes. I'm curious. How was how 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 did you find that experience overall? Like, uh... design dash was great. Yeah. I really, I really did like. It's hard to you know qualify it, but it was great. I went on the first time, and I was with these peers that I knew and respected. Mm -hmm. They were all successful. Uh, but the thing about it was before the stream started, everyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm chatting. With <laughs> and like all of us were gushing about the others. And I'm like, no, you're all the best. Oh. And they're like, you have so many bestsellers. I'm like, but they're all trash. <laughs> you, <do is> so <laughs> you know, and we just kept bouncing that around. Uh, I had no clue at all that I would ever win that first one and come back. But for some reason, people just really love the idea of, princess who's obsessed with eating teeth yeah i mean so. it, it, it's it's evocative you know everyone has teeth yeah. everyone can relate it's <laughs> so uh coming back on the second time was the exact same thing we all just gushed about one another and like having the opportunity to meet and hang out and talk like that was that was three-fourths of the enjoyment for me it was just yeah. being able to chit chat with creators like that and it it makes me jealous of doing a podcast like this where you get to chat with creators that you might like or know. Well, well, well hey, you're welcome back anytime. No, that's awesome. Um, I like I said, I, I, do, I do like the occasional sort of like um, spotlight the DMs Guild gets from, you know, uh, being able to be on the D&D uh, like official channel and stuff like that. And any, 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 any sort of, you know, attention, the whole sort of like the, well, I guess the, um, uh, the, 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 the best the DMs Guild can offer can sort of go out and put like a, a good display on it. It's only good for the rest of us. Exactly. So, um, as we sort of uh, begin to sort of like wrap up and sort of, you know, uh, move, on to, move on to the end, I don't suppose you can sort of share um, the, uh, whatever you're currently working on. Uh, yeah, I can, I can give a little preview. I'm not going to yeah. go too in-depth. No, no, of course. I'd like be so long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have for Q1 2020. Oh, that, that's... That's how you know when you're professional, when you're talking about quarters. Yeah. Uh, I've been talking about quarters for forever just to get into the habit and sound professional. Nice. It's a good little thing to pick up. But uh, coming out, I think this week, uh, possibly mm. next week, depending on my editor, I'm going to be having volume two of my first platinum bestseller, 50 notice board quests. Amazing. Uh, 50 more notice boards. <laughs> <laughs> Because you just have to have fun with the titles. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's got NPCs and short little snippets for quests and adventures. Just like I was saying before, uh, to inspire DMs and mm -hmm. players to kind of build off of them. They don't tell you how to run them. They don't tell you what the rewards exactly are. They just give you the framework to build something if that idea intrigues you. Yeah. And when you put 50 in front of your players or 10 or however many you want to use, they're like, I like this one. 
you know exactly where to start. Mm-hmm. You have the NPC, you know how it begins, and it's so easy to build off of it that hopefully people will get a kick out of volume two. And I must admit, no, no sports are sort of so iconic. It's like, yeah. it, it's, if you walk into a town and there's not a no sport, people get like, what's going on here? <laughs> exactly. We not want it? A lot of new players don't think about the notice board angle. So when a DM kind of pitches it, you know, like mm-hmm. you go into the tavern and you see this board with all these notes on it. One of them yeah. says bounty and has your picture. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. This is so cool. We take all of them. So I recently, uh, I, so I, I'm curious. For each sort of the individual notice quests and stuff like that, did you have any sort of particular like process for like coming up with these sort of like, or was it, was it literally like, was I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, the first time it took me uh, about a week kind of just coming up with ideas like that. Mm-hmm. And I would take the actual classifieds, like the newspaper, yeah. and anything that wasn't trying to sell a truck or like a room. <laughs> Uh, I would turn into a D&D quest. And really? Put them in there. Yeah. So, uh, for instance, someone was saying they had bats in their attic mm-hmm. and they were willing to pay. They had bats in the attic of all of their apartment buildings and they were willing to pay someone to come and get them without involving the city yeah. because it'd be cheaper. Mm-hmm. And like the idea that there were bats in the attic, I'm like, what's scarier than bats? Uh, creatures made of sand. <laughs> and then just twist it around. Sand spirits are haunting my house and my farm kind of thing. That's, I, I, must have, I would have never thought you would actually use like real life. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, that, was the first also, that was the first one. Yeah. The second one, I actually made my own quest generator. <laughs> it took like five days for me to make the damn thing, but I made it so that I could populate my own quests instead of relying mm-hmm. on the newspapers because it took so much longer to collect enough of yeah. them that were useful. Uh, so this time it was like click a button until something seemed cool and then make a quest from it. So that was way more efficient. Yeah. Wow. I, I, no, I, 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 it's weird because now that you mentioned it, the the sort of like uh, help ads in it. That's that's the modern day notice board. <laughs> and there are there are a lot a lot of those about soldiers of fortune and mercenaries and private security companies. Wow. Here here in America land. Yeah, I, I was say, it, it's probably less common people. over here. <laughs> oh man. We'll probably have need, need three to five security personnel for a black op. Okay, yeah. cool. One well, is probably like uh, translate that. Someone's throwing a trolley trolley in a lake. <laughs> Trolling a lake. Yeah, what are they looking for? Yeah. Some relic that was buried there. But no, I'm curious. So so the the uh question generator you built yourself, was it was it using like a like I don't know, like how do you go about generating that? Was it literally just like X needs Y because of Z or? Uh, basically, yeah. I, I wrote down the forms that a quest could take, in my mm-hmm. opinion, at least notice board ones. Yeah. And then for each one, I, ex- I expanded it and had a random generator for NPCs and NPC names. Mm-hmm. And those were just stolen straight out of Watsy books or made up on the fly. Yeah. Uh, male, female, non-gendered, mm-hmm. and just kind of run with it. So whenever it would pop up, it would be like uh, rich dragonborn merchant okay, yeah. name. Yeah. Help collecting thing, delivering thing, yeah. protecting person, reclaiming property, you know, and offered payment of blank. Yeah. And it would fill that in too. So uh, I can just click, 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 click. And eventually yeah. it was like a, a gnome needs help making a sentient evil artifact that's a lot like oatmeal. 
<laughs> I'm like, all right, you gotta put that. I in. mean, I can, I can, I can work with this. <laughs> My necrotic brew is almost ready. <laughs> no, that's that's such. Like I said, I, I'm I'm fascinated about the the sort of the the process other sort of designers have because in the past was it I used um you know Inktober. Mm-hmm. Um, I used the prompts for Inktober to sort of do encounters out of that, and the idea of um using uh using generators and stuff like that just because uh I've I've, I've dabbled with some code. Um, in the past and stuff like that, and it, yeah, you've given you've given you've given me some ideas. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I mean, I also took the idea when I was building the generator, uh, and I realized like there was nothing out there that really did what it was doing. Mm-hmm. That's another plot for 2020. I want to make that random generator for Android and ISO devices. So oh, that'd be awesome. Kind of sit home and. Yeah. Okay. This dragonborn wants you to collect <laughs> mushrooms. You know. So keeps. I've done it six times, and he keeps telling me about this moment oatmeal. <laughs> Just wait it so that that's almost always what you get. It's like there's a lot of gnomes in this. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that, that's, so uh, so you've got the uh, so that's coming out next week, and I imagine you've got some other things sort of Q in in uh, was it Q two maybe Q three. Uh, I still have more in Q1 coming up that I'm working on. Uh, Last night, I think that you even chimed in on the tweet. (laughs) I had an idea for a podcast called Ask a Lich. Oh, yeah. Like a Dear Abby (laughs) or uh, what was it? Agony Aunt? Yeah, like uh, Agony Aunt. I think it's because, yeah, you meant to share your agony with them. Exactly. (laughs) It's this lich who, as soon as he attained unlimited power and unlife, was rather bored. Yeah, <laughs> and decided he wanted to just answer adventurers' questions. Oh, so, he's the most qualified, you know. He's been yeah, around. I imagine. Exactly. He's like, I've seen it. I've lived yeah. a million years. <laughs> so the idea that these people will submit questions as their character in world, mm-hmm. and he will address those questions, seemed to resonate with a lot of people. So I'm probably going to try that in February. Yeah. This week, uh, Friday. I'm going to be starting a live stream called The Little Rascals Cute. with some very popular uh, Twitter and internet people. Um, the Lady Tiefling, Gabe James Games, Critical Bard, Raptor Hands, that was a really cool cast, doing an all-rogues D&D 5e live stream. Because a lot of people complain, you know, you can't have too many bards, you shouldn't have more than one rogue. And we just kind of want to bop that on the head and yeah. show them that you can still have a fun and interesting game, even if they all know how to pick locks. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, here's the thing. They, they, every, every, every encounter, there's at least one lock doll. You just got to give them one. Like, who wants this uh, lock? I told, them, I told them session zero. I'm like, unless something happens, if you fail to roll, you just pick the lock. <laughs> we're, we're not going to stop the stream every yeah. time for all of you to take turns rolling to pick a lock for. We'll no, I must admit, the, the sort of the, um, I've had a, a sort of like a, a, a dream project of mine that I've sort of had in the burning of mine is a adventure, uh, a book of adventure prompts for all party, like all one class parties for each of the, each of the, uh, each of the classes just say, yeah, no, if you're a class of like all bards, what could you be doing? Or, you know, where could you be going? Uh, the class is sort of like band on tour, uh, thieves guild for rogues, you know, there's, um, so I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna, again, I've, I've stamped it. I've put my flag in the ground. I'm going to do it. If anyone watches this and creates it, know that I called it first. Um, and I, I only, t- I'll be honest. I only take like, you know, 39% royalties. That's, 
right? Yeah. I'll take 39 of the 50 percent. Yeah. Oh, you know, it is not 39 overall. It's it's of the half they get. So yeah. Oh, okay. That's way more generous. Oh, I know. I want I want to be less generous. You know, we're around it. We'll make it 40 percent of whatever they get. Okay. <laughs> but no. Uh. So yeah. So um. I guess there's, there's, there's anything else uh, you want to talk about? If, if not, I mean, I guess the best question is, is how can people sort of find out about the awesome stuff you're doing? Uh, I've got several more things plotted out. This, they're so far, mm -hmm. like they're barely even notes <laughs> and they're not worth talking about. But anyone who wants to keep up with that sort of thing and talk with me directly, my DMs are always open. Twitter is your best place to reach me. Twitter, I'm on it at least 10 hours a day, <laughs> constantly posting pictures and updates and questions and polls and rants and all that kind of stuff. Um, past that, you can find everything else on my website, dropthedie.com. And pretty much that's, that's kind of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I try to keep a Discord. I'm horrible at it. <laughs> I have an Instagram. I post two pictures a week. Uh, <laughs> that's, you know? that, that's pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah, you can find me practically everywhere at Drop the Die, including Steam. Let's play some games. You know, <laughs> I, I think what it is nice when you when you find the sort of like username that just just works. You're just like, well, this is me. This is me forever now. I'm gonna run with this. The only problem is a lot of people think Drop the Die is like, yeah, man, you drop the die on. <laughs> when it was more like, hold up drop the die and tell me yeah. what you want to do Stop time out for everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm like okay i guess sure i guess i mean there's also like you've missed it off to the whole clumsy angle which i've I just, I just i can't keep the die in my hand i keep dropping it i'm sorry <laughs> uh, fernando is a good friend of mine drop the dice <laughs> and i get mixed up all the time like, so, so who, who came up with that name first like I don't know. I need to do research now. Yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah. I, I, I guess we we shall end it there. Um, honestly, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to speak with me. Um, this has been welcome. This has been incredibly insightful. Um, and I'm sure we will have to. Um, I will be privileged to have you back in the future. Um, I probably should space out a little bit and not just have you back next week. Um, <laughs> Although I, you know, I, I wouldn't complain. I'd learn some things, but you know, what, 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 you let's, know what, uh, let's put a tentative plan in for Q three. Oh, Q three. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I've, I've got quite, quite busy. I've got, you know, this, um, this all class project I'm working on. Um, so I, I'll, I'll pencil you in, Good but project. you know, <laughs> you should pencil me in on that project. Huh? Oh, there you go. <laughs> a live, yeah. a live collaboration. Collaboration. Um, nice. Uh, well, yeah, um, and uh, also, uh, I suppose this is the last question. What's a good way to end a podcast? I haven't... Uh, generally, generally, you say, uh, thanks for listening. Nice, you okay. me at blank. Yeah, oh, that, that is a good one. I haven't even, I don't think I've even said my name yet. <laughs> Your own sign out, they know yeah. enough about me. Okay, cool. Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm Matthew, nice to meet you. Um, and uh, you can follow me and find out all my stuff at, at Whippy Writes. Um, and yeah, there will be some more information where you can find some of um, uh, JB Little's uh, other content in the description below, whether you're listening to this on YouTube or some other sort of podcasty form. Um, and yeah, I'm going to keep it short and sweet and just bye. <laughs> just, just bye. <laughs>